whoa, 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 hang on a moment. Yes, you know what time it is. This is Jen, your host, and this podcast is all about taking agency and owning yourself. And every week on this show, I'm going to help you use your voice, stand in your power, and operate from a place of self. Hello, my lovely, and welcome to this week's episode of Hang On A Moment. So I am talking today about what do we do when we have made a wrong decision? Because life is full of decisions and choices, and we are unable to always make the best choice or the right decision. And sometimes we have scenarios in life that leave us feeling totally flummoxed because we've got into this position and we probably know it's our fault, as in we took the, um, you know, the, the, the sort of the responsibility and, you know, it was our choice to go into this space and then we see that we made the wrong decision. And that can be quite hard for people you know, so I'm going to talk about that today because it's something that happens to everybody. How do we get out of that situation without that flummoxing continuing to plague us? Because if we don't move out of it, if we don't move out of that situation, we will still be brought to our knees by making this wrong decision. Now, sometimes you've made a decision, the decision has happened, you can't change it, but you have to change how you think about it. And you also need to look at how can I do things differently going forward? But, you know, a lot of this is also about having that compassion for your choices and your decisions and recognizing that we are not always going to make those right decisions. But one of the things that I've always said throughout my entire life, and I do stand by this and it ties in so much to this, is that I would rather regret the things that I have done than the things I have haven't, the things I haven't. And what that means, obviously, as it says on the tin, is we could choose to always play safe. We could choose to mostly say no to things or we could choose to not make changes to our life. We could choose to just go with the flow. And actually, there's going to be a whole lot of regret there. I can tell you that for now because studies have been done on regret and people, you know, on their deathbed talk about the things that they regretted. And a lot of the time people regret the things that they didn't do rather than the things that they did. Now, of course, there's always things we do that we're going to regret always like, you know, a bad decision. We will regret it. But at least we can say, I am glad that I made that decision and I tried it and then I realized it wasn't for me rather than never knowing and always wondering what if. So I strongly believe in that saying. But of course, I've had times, as you have, where I have made a decision, gone down a path and really realised that this was just not the best outcome or the best decision. Sometimes it's linked to the outcome. So you make a choice believing that the outcome is going to be different and it never gets to that point. So obviously, you know, there is a level of regret. 
but at least you can say, well, I tried it. I didn't not try it. And, you know, if I'd have always thought what would have happened if, you know, if you're thinking a bit like sliding doors, if you remember that film sort of showing my age, I think it was like a 90s film, um, late 90s with Gwyneth Paltrow. And obviously, you know, it was, a, it was a film that, you know, that actually demonstrates what would happen if you went this way, what would happen if you went that way and how that then obviously impacts your life. And it is so true because our life is a series of decisions and choices. And, you know, I was having a conversation at weekend with somebody about fate and I believe in the universe and I believe that, you know, there is something mapped out for you, but I don't necessarily believe that it's mapped out for you from day dot. I kind of believe that the universe just takes you on this journey and it's a bit like navigation and a compass on a on a route that you don't really know where you're going. You just follow the steps, but some way, one way or another, there's something that's kind of, you know, guiding you into the right spaces. I do believe that. Um and the person I was having the conversation with didn't believe that. But again, you know, it's horses for courses. And actually, that's also fine, you know, because the world would be really boring if everybody had the same viewpoint to some extent. So it really just depends on on what you do, really, what actions you take, you know, because one different move could change your life completely. And one in action could stop your life from going where it needs to go. So it's all about living without regret. But as I said, this is about making decisions and finding out that you've perhaps made a wrong decision or one that doesn't serve you the way that you thought it was. So what we really need to do when we make decisions, you know, in the initial part is try to make some calculated decisions. So some decisions will just happen naturally and you won't even realize you're making them because, you know, um, you will just say yes or no, depending on how you're feeling, past experiences, um, what your current desires are, what your future desires are. And there won't be a thought process involved. You'll just say yes or no or whatever your decision is. But then others are more detailed and they do require a level of thinking. So obviously, you know, in your career, in your relationships with friends, with partners, also if you're planning to have children, looking at investing money, um, elements with your career or a business, all these things require choices and, you know, decision making. And actually, sometimes we need to make sure we do those in a calculated way. So obviously, you will have heard the term calculated risks. There's always a risk with making a choice and making a decision. But if you've got those kind of identified um, and they're a bit more calculated, then it gives you a little bit more safety in making those decisions. But again, sometimes we don't always get what we thought we would. So, you know, how do we then, how do we then deal with that? But, you know, ultimately in life, we're always looking to find ways that are going to give us our best life. You know, we're not looking for decisions and, um, uh, choices that are going to give us our worst life. Of course, we want to have a great life. We want to get the things that we want from life. We want to live the life in accordance with our values and our vision. And so, of course, we make choices based on what our goals are. And our goals are based on what our values and our vision are. So everything that we do, it should be connected to this vision that you have for your life. And everything we don't do will be not done because it doesn't align with that or, as I said, it might be because it could have aligned, but we made the wrong decision in not taking that option. So then that, that moves into this level of regret. So I believe it's always better to take um, a decision that will give you something rather than not do anything at all, because that is when regret comes in. 
But let's go back to the point here because the point is when you've made the wrong decision. So if we've made the wrong decision, we, you know, we can kind of berate ourselves quite a lot really with this negative self-talk, anger, frustration, stress and sadness because we have a level of responsibility. You know, we're all accountable individuals, especially as adults. And, you know, we believe in ourselves to the most part and therefore, you know, we feel that we've, you know, we've got it all sort of worked out and that when we make decisions, those decisions are going to be the right decisions because, of course, we wouldn't make them otherwise. So when we feel that we've made the wrong decision or that something hasn't paid off, of course, that's going to leave a residual impact on on our emotional health, on our potential physical health, because as we know, the emotional dysregulation and stress impacts your physical health. And then that can obviously impact other bigger things, such as your home life, your relationships, your financial situation. So, you know, sometimes making the wrong decision can have a monumental impact. Sometimes it can actually have zero impact. And therefore, you know, you don't lament on it or wallow in self-pity. But sometimes, you know, these decisions can be huge, huge decisions or can create huge, huge outcomes, even if they're a small decision. And so, you know, everything in life, as I've said, is made up of um, choices and decisions. But we all make them and we all take risks and we all have gambles and sometimes they just don't pay off. So, for example, you know, some clear examples of this is, you know, you've gone out to market to bring in somebody. I know this happened with my mum. She was looking to get somebody in to um, redo their central heating and fit a new boiler. And she had three quotes and she ended up going with the person who wasn't even the cheapest, but seemed the most reputable, had even been given... Um, testimonials from people in the local community who had used this person and it didn't pay off because the boiler broke and then the person went out of business. Now, my mum could not have foreseen that. She couldn't have foreseen that. And she did the due diligence around, you know, who should I go for? She got three people out to look at it. But, you know, ultimately she felt then like she'd made a bad decision. And my mum was so upset about this for so long. And, you know, sometimes when you make decisions like that, especially around um, a tradesperson or a supplier and you invest money in them and it doesn't deliver, you know, you feel so sad because there's a bit of a, you know, a loss there. You've taken the hit. Not the person who did the bad job, but you, you as the person who's made that decision and chose chosen the wrong person for reasons beyond your control. And again, it's probably very similar to when you've booked a holiday. We've seen this on those programs, you know, where people take a holiday and they've ended up in a resort that's actually undergoing some um, some work or some building works. And, you know, people have actually just hated being there, you know, holidays from hell or, you know, the locality, you know, so you hear this a lot in some of those areas, like I think Mexico and Tunisia, where people go to the hotel, even Egypt, I've been to Egypt and, you know, the hotel's nice, but when you step out of the grounds, you know, the locality is really, you know, not what you wanted. And, it, and it, you know, it can actually take the, the fun out of your trip. So again, you know, we, we don't know what we don't know when we work off a lot of recommendations like TripAdvisor, you know, like um, trusted um, suppliers and things like that online. So, you know, especially, 
Crowdsourcing is a huge way of getting a a product or purchasing something or making a decision because we ask people now, especially on social media, you know, people are very vocal about services they've used that they would recommend or maybe, you know, services they wouldn't use that they wouldn't recommend. And also, not only do we talk about experiences that we've had with other suppliers or services, we also talk about our own personal experiences a lot more now as well. So, you know, we'll share about an abusive relationship. We'll talk about the toxic workplace. So we are a little bit more savvy in some ways because we're a bit more where but again it's a bit like information overload sometimes this just it's just noise and it will go in one ear and out the other and as I said you know some decisions that you make in life you don't you know you don't look into the detail you just say a yes or a no and then you know sometimes it just doesn't pay off so we cannot help those decisions that we make that don't pay off um but I think when money's involved obviously there is this realization of this um we've been harder hit because there's a financial wounding to ourselves and we ruminate on that lost money same with time so you know if we're talking about relationships or employment you know people sometimes you know they don't want to give up on something that isn't working because they feel like they've wasted their time or they do give up on something that they they know isn't working and they say they've wasted their time or they've wasted somebody else's time so there's so many emotions involved in making wrong decisions or realizing that a decision you made wasn't the right path for you Um, but these things will always happen and if you've listened to some of my other episodes you will know that I've worked in um the um the professional world for you know 25 years all of my career and a big part of that is in being in project management and change and transformation and you know I've talked about some of the tools and techniques and again you know what I love about project management is it's a very structured approach to change management we would never employ these tactics for everything that we do in our private life because it would just be, you know, bureaucracy gone mad and overly controlled to the highest, you know, to that to the ninth umph degree, to the highest order. But in project world, when you create a project plan, when you're first looking at the feasibility of something, so even probably before the project plan at the feasibility stage, one of the things that you will always look at is what are the risks and what are the issues? So this is when we talk about sort of making calculated decisions. So for example, you know, what, you know, again, three other key things in, in project world is your price. So your cost, should I say, your time and your, and your quality. So, you know, what are your standards in those areas? You know, and it's the same again as, as individuals, let's say we're booking a holiday you know we know when we want to go how long we want to go for we know what our budget is and we know the kind of establishment we're looking to go for and what kind of holiday so it's highly unlikely that before we book a holiday we're going to sit down and do a risks and issues or a risk um uh profile on that holiday we just don't do it because we you know we just take it for granted that everything's going to be okay but in the business world that's a big part of what we do in projects is that we look at what are the potential risks that could cause disturbance to this project if it went ahead and we rank those risks and we qualify them in terms of severity and probability and then we also look at how do we mitigate those risks by different scenario planning and sort of you know, risk management continuity. So there's a lot of pre-planning that goes into corporate projects. And it would be great if we did some of this for our own life, but we tend not to because, you know, typically we're not talking about multi-million pounds or, you know, you know, millions or, or, you know, in the thousands, thousands and thousands, 
you know, potentially if we're buying a house or selling a house or investing in a new property, we would do something similar, but it might not be as contrived. But again, if you're doing it with a project manager, then obviously they would probably look at some of these things. And that would involve obviously looking at things like the local, the local area, the foundations, um, you know, again, you know, one of the things that solicitors do when you're buying a house is look if there's any like planning permission that's coming through, um, changes to the local environment. So, you know, there's a lot of things that happen with those big purchases. So I guess buying a house or selling a house is, is akin to a, a big project that we do in our in our life. Um, but, you know, when you do those activities, it's really good because it allows you to look at, you know, OK, so if this did go wrong, how could I mitigate it? And so that's brilliant. It's a brilliant amount of calculated risk before you make a decision. And it's a brilliant amount of understanding some of the opportunity costs and the potential risks of losing investment. But we do not do this when we make decisions in life. So when we get to this point in life where we realize we've made a wrong decision or, you know, we are in this place where we've either we've, we've addressed the wrong decision or we're trying to come to terms with it or we still don't realize it yet, but we know something isn't quite right. How do we do it? So I'm just going to talk you through a few examples here of things that you can do to deal with making the wrong decisions. So first of all, when you see you have made a wrong decision or when you think that you have made a wrong decision, if you get a sixth sense or something even more than a sixth sense, so, you know, actual factual information, own it immediately. Because if you don't, you are wasting more of what you've already wasted. Now, there's a thing called the sunk cost fallacy. And what this means is holding on to things that you've invested time and money in because you do not want to lose that investment. So when you think about it, what you're saying is, okay, this isn't working, but I've already spent so much money or this isn't working, but I've already invested three years. So I I can't possibly leave. I mean, it's, it sounds like lunacy, doesn't it? Because you're, you've just actually created that whole sentence of this isn't working, but so you've already identified that something isn't working, but you are scared to leave, scared to make the change, scared to admit that it's been the wrong decision. And people do this from fear, fear of being judged, fear of failure, fear of waste, fear of what other people will think, fear of hurting other people's feelings, fear of um, anxiety that it will cause you, fear of um, the anxiety that it will bring about in you having to own that decision or make that choice. So there's a lot here, but this sunk cost fallacy is exactly as it says on the tin. You've wasted that time and money anyway. So the longer you continue, you're just going to sink in more. So you have to stop it. You have to call it out and own it immediately. You know, so a very sort of lighthearted example of this and I had this experience when I was an image consultant and personal stylist, is that women tend to hang on to 80% of their wardrobe that they just do not wear. So they wear about 20% of their wardrobe 80% of the time. And the rest of their wardrobe, they do not wear. And I was told this when I went through my training, and it is a fact. When I was doing my consultations with my customers, 
a lot of the women would say, but I can't part with that because it costs me X, Y, and Z. Or I can't part with that because it reminds me of this, that, and the other. Or yes, I know the colour doesn't suit me, or I know it's too small, or I know it's too big, but at some point I might get back into it, or it might match with something. I mean, there's so many reasons why. But actually, what we're doing there is we're identifying that, you know, you've actually wasted a lot of money. And sometimes, again, you know, prior to understanding what colours and clothes and sizes and styles, etc., you should be wearing, people just continue sinking money into this wardrobe that doesn't look right on them, that doesn't fit them, doesn't suit them. And on the other hand, men are very different. You know, they're a little bit more logical about their approach. So there's a huge emotional connection. I think sometimes when there's an emotional connection, especially from women, we're less likely to um, handle the sunk cost fallacy in the right way because we are scared of admitting some kind of level of failure or feeling judged or acknowledging that we've made a wrong choice and also the fear of not knowing what's going to happen if we make the decision to you know eradicate that existing situation or fix it um so there's a massive amount of fear but what you've got to understand is once you've acknowledged it you need to move forward Secondly, if you are sitting on the fence and you're not really sure, but you're feeling stuck and you really don't know how to move forward after this realisation that something isn't working. So again, it could be your work, it could be a relationship, it could be a supplier that you're working with, it could be a decision that you've made about perhaps taking a massive trip overseas or maybe with your partner you've decided to go for IVF or, you know, even have a a, a third child 10 years later. You know, if you're sitting on the fence, if something doesn't feel right, if you've got a niggle, then you need to do some scenario-based planning, a bit like what I said before with the, um, the risks and issues. So... You can do a really simple one, if I carry on versus if I don't carry on. So if I carry on versus if I don't carry on, what will happen right now? If I carry on versus if I don't carry on, what will happen in a week? Then you can say the same, but in a month, then the same, but in a year, and then the same, but in five years. And so what you're starting to do there is you're seeing the potential risks and the issues of carrying on. This exercise will probably give you a very critical and rude awakening because you will be able to see from a timeline perspective how much the decision that you have made, the wrong decision that you have made, will continue to literally take your time, money, energy, quality of life or whatever it is that's that's giving you the hunch that this isn't the right decision if you continue so you need to stop so you need to do a paper exercise where you write this down and you get it in black and white in front of you so you can see this critical analysis of what will happen if you don't change your mind or if you don't own up to your decision and deal with it but don't get stuck in analysis paralysis you need to take action. So you can sit there till the cows come home and write it down. What if this? What if that? Talk to people, get a second opinion, you know, ruminate. But actually, if you're not doing anything about it, you're wasting more time and potentially wasting more money and potentially wasting more energy. And, you know, as I always say, time is precious. We get 24 hours in a day and when that's gone, it's gone. And we don't know how long we're here for. So every single day is like a balancing act of time has gone don't know what's left so you know it is a case of use it or lose it and if you're not using your time wisely then obviously you're losing it so it's about looking at what those risks and those issue mitigations are so once you've done this kind of analysis on the um you know the kind of if I carry on versus if I don't then what you need to do is identify okay 
What are my options? What is my risk mitigation? And how can I move forward with all of this in mind? So if I have to speak to somebody, or if I have to make a decision for my own well-being, or if I have to change my financial approach, or if I have to leave a situation that isn't serving me, you have got some concrete steps and you have understood what you need to put in place in order to move forward. And so, you know, if you're focused on the current and the future damage limitation, then this is a win. Because even if you feel like you've lost and you've had a bad scenario and you've made the wrong decision and something hasn't worked out for you, you're owning it now and you're focused on not letting this continue. So, you know, you are still winning as long as you are focused on the current and the future damage limitation and to make some changes happen and realize that you've made the wrong decision or you've made the wrong choice. So once you've done all of this, you then need to really just accept gracefully that it didn't work out. So curtail any anger that you might have towards yourself or anybody else and any kind of resentment. Don't blame yourself. Don't talk negatively to yourself. Don't lament. Don't ruminate. Maybe have a cry. These are all of these good emotions that you can have to feel guilty or sad or, you know, angry even, you know, do some practice anger, controlled, uh, controlled anger. But, you know, do not do not hang on to that. Accept it gracefully. Let your emotions flow and then accept it gracefully. And one of my favorite, favorite quotes, and it is, I'd seen it in relation to abusive relationships, but it applies really to anything, is holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Because the only person that's suffers from any anger that you are holding on to is yourself because it will dysregulate your entire nervous system and can lead to health issues. So let that anger out, let that sadness out and then let it go. So do some controlled practice and let it go. Next thing, don't worry about what other people think. Now that's easier said than done because, you know, ultimately we have um, you know, a level of esteem and we have a level of kind of external persona. And especially if people know that we've made a wrong decision and we're going to have to fess up externally because it's in the public eye or, you know, that the, the, you're close public, not necessarily like, you know, the public public, um, you know, but you're going to have to own it and not worry what other people think. Because if you worry about what other people think, that will stop you making your decision to fix this bad decision that you've made in the first place. So it's none of their business. It's none of their business. But if you feel that they will have an opinion or that it will affect them, and it might do if it's if it's something, if it's a decision change that's going to impact somebody else, then let them. Just let them do what they need to do and don't let it impact you because they're, they're them and you're you and you can't control them, okay? Once you've accepted it, once you've done all of this work and you've made this decision that, okay, I've made the wrong decision, I either need to change it or I need to just accept that I've done something wrong or that my my actual strategy didn't work out. You have two options to move forward. And one is to change it. So change that decision or change your current scenario. So take control again, regain that control of your life, make a good decision based on some of the uh, analysis that you've done or change how you think about it. And that is around, again, accepting that this is a lesson rather than a failure. This is something that I probably would never do again, but I'm glad I've had the experience because it shows me exactly what I won't do again. And now it's allowed me to think differently about how I'll approach something like this in the future. So, you know, it's about changing it or changing how you think about it. And then 
If you've not heard of the empowerment dynamic, this is a really good place to put yourself in with yourself, but also if you are in a situation of a bad decision with other parties, because when you go at it from the empowerment dynamic, you can move into the role of either conscious creator, the challenger or the coach. So either how you treat yourself, because it's all about relationship with yourself or how you deal with others from this bad decision that you've that you've took. What you don't want to do is fuel the drama. So a drama triangle is, you know, all you'd be doing is fueling the fire. You could be a prosecutor or a victim. And again, it's very easy if you've made the wrong decision and something hasn't gone in your favor to be the victim. We can be there, but you cannot stay there because if you stay there, you will become, you know, fixed in this drama triangle and you'll bring the other person into it and you'll end up just perpetuating negativity. And you need to move away from that because as I said, you need to accept it and move forward. So if you're finding it really hard to become this conscious creator, challenger or coach, which is quite a big step when you've made the wrong decision because you might be feeling not at your best, then you can go into some middle ground, which is basically the winning triangle. You can be vulnerable. You can be a little bit sore for a limited time. You can sit there. As I said, you can have the anger, you can have the sadness, but you only can do that for a limited time because that will not move you forward in life. So once you have had that moment of being vulnerable, you can chuck it in the fuck it bucket and move on. And that's what you need to do. So learn from it, you know, work out where was the mismatch, you know, were your expectations from making this choice or making this decision so different from the reality of what you actually got? And if it was, and there was another person involved, another party involved, then address that. Because, you know, if it's like a a kind of like a contractual situation, it needs addressing. Because if you've been misled or made a decision and the person didn't fulfill their um, needs, you need to look at was it because you thought they were going to be giving you something different or because they actually did give you something different. And similar in relationships as well. I mean, you don't really need to dwell on that in a situation with another person in a a romantic relationship or a friendship. But you might want to be able to have an adult conversation with them about why you've made a decision to perhaps go back on your original choice or your original decision and give them some feedback. And again, that goes back into the empowerment dynamic where you're actually becoming more of a challenger or a coach and a conscious creator. So you're not in the drama, you're not persecuting, you're not being a victim. You're just trying to move forward and let people know in a very assertive and clear way why you've made this decision. But you know, if you have had this situation, you do need to learn from it because it could be that you were wearing most tinted specs. I've had this quite a lot. I've done it in the workplace and I've done it in relationships where I've gone into a situation and there probably were red flags or amber flags and I have been so preoccupied with rose-tinted specs that I have not seen those flags clearly enough. And so, you know, I know a massive thing of mine was not having boundaries. You know, I know I've had some experiences now where I've realized that actually boundaries need to be in place for me in relationships and with employers. And they do with everybody for every area of your life. But ultimately, once you have a bad experience or you've made the wrong choice or you've made the wrong decision, you can actually understand, was it you? Was it the supplier? Was it the other party? Was it the partner? Was it your friend? Whoever it was, but work it through. And once you recognize where it went wrong, you can then put strategies in place so that doesn't happen again or be be wiser to if it happens again and know how to deal with it differently. So 
once you've kind of done all of this, which, you know, it's a bit of heavy lifting because you're having to get yourself out of a sticky situation. No one wants to be in these. But to move yourself away from this, focus on something new. Find a way to take the emphasis off this negative situation or this situation that didn't go how you wanted it to by focusing your energies elsewhere. So ruminating on bad decisions and ruminating on what could have been or what you've lost is just going to cause you anxiety and stress. And in the end, that's going to affect your health, which is not going to help you move forward. So as much as it's, again, easier said than done, The kindest thing you can do to yourself is just take your focus elsewhere and just accept it. And yeah, just, you know, swallow your pride, eat a bit of humble pie and just say, you know what? I'm just going to chuck it up to experience and focus on something else. And, you know, two two final points that I'm going to leave this on. And I say this a lot to people and I use this with myself and I'm going through what I consider to be like crisis moments or really debilitating decision making or choices about big hard things in life or even things that aren't big and hard but that could have an impact or a consequence that I don't want. I always look at what's the worst case scenario and the absolute worst case scenario for anybody is that you are no longer alive. So if you are still alive despite this wrong decision, if you are still alive, even if you're clinging on, you know, you know, by the skin of your teeth, if you're still alive, then, you know, you are, you are still here and you've got reasons to be grateful. So always think about that worst case scenario. And if that's not happened, then you can gain control again and you will get back into the driving seat. But if you have really gone through it in any way, shape or form, mental, physical, um, emotional dysregulation, you know, because some of these decisions that you've made could be from your work, from a career, from an investment, from a relationship, from a situation with someone you trusted, and then they turned out to be totally untrustworthy and unscrupulous. You know, if you've really gone through the mill with this wrong decision that you made, then you will need help. And so you need to find somebody that can help you with that. And that might be a coach or a therapist, or obviously, you know, a friend or somebody else that can support you and be in your corner, you know, ask for help, ask somebody to give you some emotional help, some mental help, some physical help, whatever it is that you need. You might even need some financial help. You know, if you've got into financial disarray, so you might have to go to the bank or you might have to speak closely to someone you know and trust um, who will help you there. But, you know, explain what's happened. Put your hands up, say to them, you know, if you need to, I fucked up or, I made the wrong decision. I actually didn't do anything wrong, but in hindsight, I shouldn't have done it. Then obviously, you know, people are more likely to help you because people will support you when they know that you've actually got a clear conscience, that you're owning your mistake and that you're actually vulnerable and able to see that you will be able to get back on track as long as you have the right tools and the right support in place. So I would love for you to give me some feedback on this episode and also share it and download it if this was something that has resonated with you or you think it would resonate with anyone else. I am also inviting you to book in for a free discovery call with me if you would like to get clear on where you're going wrong in your life or where you have gone wrong in life and how we can get rid of those roadblocks and get you back on track. You can follow the link in the cover note for this episode 
and book into a one hour discovery call and we can chat through what your needs are and see if it makes sense for us to work together. So on that note, I'm going to love you and leave you. And I really hope that you've got something from this because we always make bad decisions. We always make wrong decisions, but we always make right ones as well. So you know what? Let's not sweat the small stuff. And let's think about getting back to living in our light and having a life of magic. (laughs) All right, you take care and I will speak to you very, very soon. Much love.